Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hey, faithful listeners, it's Jen here with the Bible Explained podcast. And today we're going to be discussing Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 9 through 16. And we're going to be talking actually about composting toilets in case you were interested in that. But literally what we're talking today is about cleanliness and God actually gives rules about how excrement was supposed to be handled. So let's see what this is all about. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 9 through 16 today. Make sure to grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea, and let's enjoy God's word together. When you go out and camp against your enemies, then you shall keep for yourselves from every evil thing. If there is among you any man who is not clean by reason of that which happens to him by night, then shall he go out outside of the camp. He shall not come within the camp, but it shall be when evening comes, he shall bathe himself in water. When the sun is down, he shall come within the camp. You shall have a place also outside of the camp where you go to relieve yourself. You shall have a trowel among your weapons. It shall be when you relieve yourself, you shall dig with it and shall turn back and cover your excrement. For Yahweh your God walks in the middle of your camp to deliver you and to give up your enemies before you. Therefore, your camp shall be holy, that he may not see any unclean thing in you and turn away from you. You shall not deliver to his master a servant who has escaped from his master to you. He shall dwell with you among you in a place which he shall choose within one of your gates where it pleases him best. You shall not oppress him. All right. So this is talking first and foremost in verses nine through 14 about the Israelite armies. And so basically the Israelite armies, even though they were kind of like out, you know, in a very dirty situation, they were supposed to remain clean also because the law was given to the Israelites who probably before all this had really no understanding of cleanliness at all. And so to put these rules in place actually was was um just for the health and wellness, honestly, of everybody, because we know what happens when poop is allowed to get into drinking water. The bubonic plague spreads. And so God says, keep your poop separate from your drinking water, basically, or rather keep your poop just outside of the camp. And I'll talk more about that in a second. God actually says that the Israelite men who were in this army in the camp should keep themselves from every evil thing. Now, I mean, this this could mean literally anything. This could mean something immoral. And this could also just mean something that would be considered ceremonially unclean, which is very interesting because I would guess that now that I'm thinking about it, like World War One, some of the most horrific things happened in those trenches. You know, like there were so many diseases and and sicknesses going on inside those trenches because everything was so dirty and everybody was so close together. So, I mean, these laws of these men keeping themselves clean, literally having to go out and bathe if something happens to them in the middle of the night, you know, this would keep the army really, really clean in a very dirty situation, you know, and this would stop the spread of diseases. This would uh, just keep the army in general much healthier overall 
if the Old Testament laws were even carried out inside of the camp. Now, God tells the men why they were supposed to carry out these laws. It actually says in verse 14, for Yahweh, your God walks in the middle of your camp to deliver you and to give up your enemies before you. Therefore, your camp shall be holy. So in other words, because God literally walks in the middle of the Israelite army and the Israelite camp, keep the camp clean, keep it holy and holiness and cleanliness kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> There's an old old fashioned saying I, I remember, which is uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. But in a in a way, it kind of is because like cleanliness of oneself, like one's heart really is next to godliness. But I don't necessarily think that if you're extra clean, you are closer to God than if you're dirty. But um, <laughs> but because God was walking in the middle of that camp and because God was so holy, things that were just not holy or things that were gross or things that were just causing people to be sick or anything like that should not be in that camp, not just for the health and wellness of the the men in that camp, but also for respect out of Yahweh God, because Yahweh was their God and Yahweh needed to be respected first and foremost by these men. So if they're just like, honestly, taking a dump out in the middle of the camp, that's not very respectful of God who is walking around in that camp. And I mean, here's what it says. Therefore, your camp shall be holy that he may not see any unclean thing in you and turn away from you. So this also goes back to the morality issue mentioned in verse nine. Keep yourselves from every evil thing that includes uh, anything immoral. This could be worshiping idols. This could be bringing women into the camp and, you know, having uh, prostitutes coming into the camp to, quote unquote, relieve the men. This could be anything like that because God walked in the middle of that camp. So the the men were to remain holy and they were even supposed to bathe if something happened to them. Let's just say they touched a dead body. The men were supposed to go out and bathe. If they had an omission of semen in the middle of the night is what is, it actually says here in verse 10. If there is a man among you who is not clean by reason of that which happens to him by night. So I would guess that's talking about an omission of semen, right? At least that's what I think. He shall go outside of the camp. He shall not come within the camp. But after the evening has passed of the next day, he could go back into the camp. But he was supposed to bathe himself. But I think it's not just that. It could be, you know, he had an accident. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the night uh, of some sort. Um, he touched a dead body. He got a wound or a cut. Let's say that something on him, like he had some sort of skin problem that was festering. Um, I mean, the, the rules still applied. Everything we talked about in Leviticus and Numbers and even Deuteronomy applied to inside of the Israelite camp because not only would this keep people clean physically and keep diseases away, but it was also out of respect for Yahweh God who walked in the middle of the camp. I mean, even the, the Israelite camps were supposed to be holy. 
just as our churches are holy, just as the temple is holy, any place where God's presence is, is very holy. And so we should respect those spaces where God's presence lives. And of course, that includes our bodies now because it says that we nowadays are God's temple. And because we are God's temple, because we house the Holy Spirit, we're supposed to take care of our bodies. We're supposed to feed ourselves well. We're supposed to exercise and, and keep ourselves holy also. This means not having any kind of addictions or sexual sins or anything like that that could potentially cause our temples of the Holy Spirit to become unholy. Now, one thing I actually want to talk about is this um, this toilet that God tells the people to set up, which is so interesting, actually, because I actually know a lot about composting toilets. Fun fact about myself. I even know how to build a composting toilet. So a composting toilet is obviously a bucket that you relieve yourself in, okay? And then after you are done with the deed, you take sawdust or grass clippings or dried leaves or something like that, and you cover up the feces until the bucket is full. Then you take the bucket and you dump it someplace. Then once you dump the contents of the bucket out, it becomes the composting pile. And then every once in a while, you turn the compost. And for two years, you do this and that compost can be used on your vegetable garden safely. But honestly, back in these days, it would have been a pretty clean way to handle this uh, feces situation so that these men weren't just relieving themselves in the middle of the camp. They went outside of the camp and they used a toilet. And God actually said that with their tools, such as the army tools that they had with their sword and everything, they were supposed to carry a little shovel among the weapons. So when they go outside to relieve themselves, they dig with it and turn back and cover the excrement. And this is in a way similar to that composting toilet I was talking to you about. You cover up the feces because that keeps it nice and clean. And potentially did they have like a composting toilet? I don't know. Maybe they did. But regardless, the feces was now taken care of and it wasn't just sitting out in the middle of everywhere. It wasn't, uh, you know, dangerous inside of that camp. It wouldn't get into the drinking water. It wouldn't cause problems in that way because God was teaching people at this time period how to basically be healthy and how to live healthy lives, even in the middle of a situation such as war, even in the middle of something that we don't consider super clean, like an army camp. Now, after this, it talks about in verses 15 and 16, this idea of the servant who escaped from his master. Now, most likely this is talking about a foreign servant. This is probably not talking about an Israeli uh, servant who escaped because, you know, legal things would happen in that case. But if a foreigner was a slave and they escaped their master and came to Israel for sanctuary, it actually says, God says that the Israeli people were not supposed to turn that slave back over to his master. There are many reasons for this. Firstly, Israeli slaves were supposed to be treated extremely, extremely well. In fact, everybody in Israel was supposed to be treated with kindness and humanity. 
from the, the poorest person to the richest person. Everyone was supposed to be treated equally as a member of, of God's children. So a foreign slave that was probably escaping a very horrifically terrible situation of abuse could come to Israel and reside there and live there freely without fear of having to go back to that terrible situation before. Now, this was probably unheard of because slaves in almost every other culture were considered to be property. And because of that, I would guess that most people would turn that property back over to the master, right? That quote unquote property, that person. But God is is doing something very different here. He's saying that this slave that comes to Israel for sanctuary should be allowed to reside there. And not only reside there, he can choose wherever he wants to live, where it pleases him best. And the Israelites were not allowed to oppress him. Because once again, God sees every situation. And I'm sure God knew that people were going to come to Israel for uh, for sanctuary. And God even put up like special cities and stuff for people wrongly accused of murder so that they could be protected. They were called cities of refuge. You know, so Israel was supposed to be a refuge. And actually it mentions many times also in the Bible that God is our refuge, our strength and our help. And Israel was kind of supposed to be a picture of God's goodness. And so Israel then was supposed to become a place of refuge for people who were broken and people who were hurting. And that include slaves because God didn't look at slaves as property. He looked at them as human beings, as people that he created, as his image bearers. And so even slaves were supposed to be treated with kindness and with respect. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you learned something about, you know, God's goodness towards people and that you also learned something maybe about composting toilets or something like that. But friends and faithful listeners, I really hope that you have a fantastic rest of your weekend. Contact me if you have a prayer request. Contact me if you just want to say hi or introduce yourself. I love to hear from all of you. You'll find my contact information in the bio of the podcast episode. You'll also find plenty of other things that I do in the bio, such as my books that I've published, the shop, and the YouTube channel, and the Facebook page. So if you'd like to follow me on any of those other platforms, please check the description for those links. Friends and faithful listeners, have a fantastic weekend. I will see you on Monday morning. Happy listening and God bless.